Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Podcast, a proud member of Sports Drink Network. This is Tom coming to you from the Washington, D.C. Outpost. Nick joins me from the Houston Outpost. The Steelers maintain a much improved chance of keeping Mike Tomlin's 15 year streak of avoiding a losing season intact after yesterday's 16 13 squeaker over the Ravens. Less plausible, yet within the poss- realm of possibility, the Steelers' chances of making the playoffs. Nick, for the second week in a row, we were treated to another cardiac special as the Steelers were able to drive 80 yards in a couple of minutes to score a solitary yet crucial touchdown. Has Kenny Pickett arrived? Can we answer that today, Dad? Steelers fans all over the country are soiling themselves with joy. Maybe some of the Kenny Pickett haters are are, are doing it for opposite reasons, but hard to cap a rookie season off more positively than back-to-back game-winning drives with touchdown passes under one minute remaining in the game and huge games. Franco Harris game against the Raiders with the 50-year anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Then, of course, against the hated Baltimore Ravens. How many Ben Roethlisberger game-winning drives have we seen against the Ravens where the Steelers would win by scoring, you know, 16 to 13. Even in the heyday of Ben, some of those games, you know, they weren't exactly high scoring. It's eerily familiar, right? So obviously it's not done yet. Got to see them take care of business against the Browns, another rival next week. And if they're lucky, the Steelers will sneak into the playoffs. I don't think that it's very crazy to think that the Bills will beat the Patriots and that the Jets have a chance of beating the Dolphins. So obviously it's not done yet, but it's hard to overstate how much the Steelers have improved over the second half of the season here. It's hard to overstate how well these rookies and second-year players are playing. And I, I will talk about what we think the ceiling could possibly be, but I don't think, especially after this game, there's any room for interpretation. This team has done extremely well. The future is potentially very bright, and Mike Tomlin has done an incredible job so far, even though it's not quite done yet. What do you give Mike Tomlin credit for? You just have to think about how the Steelers are basically a team of rookies and second-year players. Obviously, the defense is buoyed by the superstars, by three-and-a-half guys. You know, you got Minka, TJ, and Cam. We'll talk about them. Obviously, Highsmith is stepping it up. You got a Cameron Sutton who's okay. Okay, sure, there's some, there's some veteran leadership on the defense. And when you look at the Steelers are, what, now 7-2 and two with T.J. Watt in the starting lineup this year? You know, losing the defensive player of the year in the first week proved to be a very big deal. And you have to assume if T.J. plays even half of those games, 
the Steelers are comfortably in the playoffs and the narrative might look a lot different. But what I think is so impressive about what Mike Tomlin has done is he has children. He's playing with children. The NFL has grown men. I don't think there's much HGH going on. There's just acts of God that create these monster people who play in the NFL. And Mike Tomlin plays with children. Quarterback's a rookie. The running back is a second-year guy. The other running back is a rookie. The most talented receiver is a rookie. Deontay, of course, the one veteran leadership presence there. Almost all the linemen, very young. Everybody's under like 25 except for Mason Cole. You have Pat Fryermuth. He's the second year. This is insane. There's really no other teams in the NFL that are playing this well with this young of a team. And it's not sexy. The Steelers are winning fun, exciting games but only scoring a touchdown in them. I mean, I don't even know how many touchdowns the Steelers have over the six weeks, but I think it's undeniable. And the confidence that the Steelers have is, is palpable. We'll talk about the celebration after the game-winning touchdown with Najee and George Pickens. There's an attitude that's developing. Cam Hayward and the defense is very uh, excited about where the offense is going, although they're not you know, being overly effusive. Obviously, a lot of those guys were there with – Ben and AB, and they've seen what the top of the mountain looks like that way. Sure. TJ Watt, I've never heard him curse until yesterday when he was walking in the locker room and the camera caught him saying, how about those effing Steelers? Everybody's psyched. And the fact that it's happening on national TV is a big deal. And that's what I'm so impressed about with Tomlin. It's so unsurprising, right? It's like, oh, the Steelers are winning primetime games at night at the end of the year. Of course they are. But everybody wants to say they're dead. And clearly they're not, and clearly things are looking up. So that's what I think is so impressive, that this is being done with an outrageously young core and an offensive line that have never played together until this year. That line by TJ sounds a lot like Kirk Cousins. Do you remember? As he was oh, departing. How could you forget? You like that. Line. You like how that. How you like me now. He says, you like that. Oh, you like that. You like that. It's amazing. It was inspiring. Yeah, so do you want to get into the themes of the game? I know we're kind of washing through them uh, right now, but uh, I guess the first, the first theme is that like, don't underplay this. Kenny Pickett and a young offense win a, straight, a second straight standalone national TV game with a magnificent game-winning drive that culminated with a touchdown pass and under one minute remaining. And it's undeniable that the young team is improving under Tomlin. And it's obvious that the young stars are playing great. Najee Harris finally goes over 100 yards with 124, although we know he's been sitting around 80 and 90 yards every game and averaging in the fours and close to five yards per carry. So he's been playing awesome, but it's great to see him get over 100 yards. Jalen Warren almost gets to 100 himself. Obviously, Muth has a couple critical catches. Pickens has another highlight real catch. The NFL's top 50 catches of the year. It's just going to be all George Pickens catches and a couple Jamar, a couple Justin Jefferson. So these guys are playing amazing, and we know that. But here's the other thing. Mark Robinson played most of the snaps. DeMarvin Leal, those are two rookies. Obviously, Jalen Warren played a ton, although I, I'm reticent to put him on that list of, hey, surprising that these guys are playing because I consider Jalen Warren now a legitimate foundational piece to the Steelers. With the Steelers, I believe they ran for 198 yards. That's the most in many years. Uh, they clearly have a run game that has developed, and they need to add to it in this, this offseason. But the fact that Mark Robinson and DeMarvin Leal played, and they played really well. Mark Robinson 
I think Alex Kazora puts it put it best on a Twitter highlight. He's still working, Mark Robinson, on diagnosing plays and getting to the ball carrier. But when he gets to the ball carrier, he goes down. That's it. He's a Vince Williams times two a little bit. He knocks the crap out of people. That's what he did in the preseason. That's what he did last night. And Tomlin said that those guys were, he was able to get them more snaps because of the type of game they were playing in, which is, I assume he just means, basically the Ravens are going to line up with no wide receivers and they're going to run right at you. So you don't have to think quite as much and we can just get those guys into a dogfight. But how do you feel about the, this is an abnormal amount of youth, isn't it? And very encouraging that these guys are playing. I don't know if Leal and Robinson are stars or if Robinson is that critical third linebacker. I think we've seen through the years, you need a third inside linebacker. Um, I don't know what they are, but this is wild, isn't it? How everybody's 22 years old. We've seen this roller coaster through the decade, right? When the Steelers got ancient, we used to talk about this. Yeah, they um, took a while so to get the pendulum that. Has, Yeah, the, it takes a while to shed all that and to, to rebuild. What's really interesting is that you could say that it's only one game, but you got to do the one game before you have a, a season, and you got to have a season before you have a career. You know, that's it's sort of the building. And I'm I'm thinking we're looking at like um, Arthur. Um, Oh, Moats, Arthur Moats, or Millette. Which Arthur do we need to talk about here? Well, I want to use I want to use Moats uh, just guy. as a guy who's gone. Yeah, but side you know, note some... to the audience, Dad's b- borderline favorite Steeler of all time, if you don't include Dan Kreider, might be Arthur Moats in his short-lived but memorable tenure on the Steelers. Anyways, go on, Dad. <laughs> Thanks, but there are guys that have arisen through. You know, I guess you couldn't really consider Highsmith that guy, even though I did. I see a guy coming out of Charlotte who's achieved what he does. And I still think that's kind of an underdog story, but right. are we watching any of these? Was it, was Cam Sutton? Would you have considered him sort of a guy who emerged from nowhere? Or I mean, he wasn't a, a thoroughbred I, or anything. Well, you know, he's a third round pick, but I get your point. And, and what I think about these guys, you're talking about Arthur Moe's, we're talking about significant role players, right? And yeah. I think, you have a few of those people in Cameron Sutton and Terrell Edmonds who are a little bit like, I think Ryan Clark was actually an escalated version. I think he was closer to a star just because of the way he dislodged people's souls from their bodies and also their bones from their bodies uh, in the middle of the field. Um, But he's not Troy, right? And these guys aren't Minka who is, I mean, this is going to be the easiest all pro year of all time for a guy who is well on his way to legendary status. But yeah, I, I take your point. They're, the role players are, are doing a spectacular job, and maybe that's the destiny of Mark Robinson. Obviously, we're hoping more for DeMarvin Leal, but maybe that, you know, another third-round pick, maybe that's what he gets. So it's just incredible you see how many young players there are, and it just leads you to ask, what's the ceiling? Because I think if you're looking at the stars on offense, Pickens is the one guy who really flashes the all-world potential when he kind of has, well, there's – no receivers who catch the ball better than him. You know, sure, Jefferson and actually Mike Williams had an unbelievable catch this week. There's, there's guys who can catch on his level, DeAndre Hopkins, but nobody who can catch above it. And by the way, may, maybe not, maybe I'm wrong. George Pickens could be the number one best catcher of the football in, in the league, but he's the one who shows that upper tier, I'm the best kind of thing. Whereas Kenny, who is checking every single box in the world right now, uh, you're never gonna, he's never going to catch up to Mahomes or, or Allen, and that's fine because, by the way, Eli Manning never caught up to Brady or Ben or Rodgers, and he won two Super Bowls and had you know, a great career. But, and then 
Najee Harris, who's turned into a bona fide star. He really reminds me of Jerome Bettis. It's volume. But he's not breaking long runs like Saquon or, or um, you know, Derrick Henry or anything like this. So what is the ceiling? And I think, personally, based on evidence, the ceiling is whatever, is whatever they want it to be. Because I still think we, we cannot drop this ball here. The play calling... It's not good, and here's why. The, that first drive, you and I talked after the first drive. The Steelers' opening drives of the game this year, I don't know what the stats are, Dad, or how much they've scored, or, or even just the fact that they're getting multiple first downs on the opening drives after us watching them for three or four years, gouging our eyeballs out with rusty spoons, watching them not go three and out on the first drive. It's very encouraging. But the Steelers are definitely matriculating the ball down the field and getting a field goal or a touch on a lot of these opening drives. But they're all 12, 15-play drives. Every play is designed to get five yards. Every play. Like, that's the max. And then, and then you see, okay, it's third down and six. Let Kenny scramble. Third down and four. He'll get out of the pocket, and then he'll find a guy Six yards down the field. Even the guys who are running down the field are, are all stopped at five or six yards. So it's just not a sustainable way to play. And I think there are cool things about that play calling. Like those opening drives actually have been working well, but then you kind of, the well sort of runs dry after that. And you're like, well, I guess we got to just keep running the same play over and over again. And here's an example of a cool play on the first drive where the Steelers, I don't know if it was second down, but they lined up in that wing T formation where they have, like, no wide receivers, right? They have one running back. It's Najee in the backfield. They have two tight ends. on. They have a tight end on either side of the line, and then they have a wing back standing behind, which is usually Connor Hayward and, I don't know, one other player. And last week, they used that formation to ice the game with a jet sweep to Connor Hayward. Chase Claypool you see to that guy, and we saw that jet sweep to him many times. This week, they faked the jet sweep to Connor Hayward and then handed it back off to Derek Watt on the inside, on the misdirection, for a quick first down. I loved that play call because everybody saw the Connor Hayward conversion out of that formation last week on national television. So the Steelers hung it out for the Ravens on the very first drive. Hey, here it is. Here's the thing. And they run something completely complimentary off of it. Like, that is cool. I'm not saying that Matt Canada doesn't call a single good play ever. I'm just saying they scored one touchdown again. And, and there's nothing designed to get the ball over the middle of the field. You just need to go watch some 49ers games with Brock Purdy. I know it's impossible to compare to Kyle Shanahan. It's ridiculous for me to be like, just be more like Kyle Shanahan. But it's the concept, right? Watch Brock Purdy. Watch Tua or Teddy Bridgewater in Miami. Watch Mike White in New York. These are all quarterbacks with very limited arm strength. But you can use play action, which the Steelers don't use, and throw the ball over the middle of the field and get more chunk plays like Kenny Pickett did at the end of the game in that beautiful post throw to Steven Sims. And so this is sort of a roundabout long way of me really explaining specifically why the offense has a problem. And I think that you are playing with one hand tied behind your back, making the Steelers have to go on 15 play drives every time. And I think there are a lot of coordinators out there Frank Reich being one of them, Nathaniel Hackett being another one, who can get the ball over the middle of the field and unlock a lot more so that Kenny doesn't have to keep doing the old school Russell Wilson. I'm just going to pivot out and trying to find a five-yard guy down the field. So 
I don't know. I'm rambling. I just had some coffee. But it just feels encouraging to me because the Steelers aren't using that trick, and it's very accessible, and the Steelers already look good even without that. Do you remember within the last couple of years us having a little bit of desperation about the quote-unquote window, the Super Bowl window closing? I think ironically, the window is opening – and it's a bigger window because, to your point of the youth, I mean, how many guys, I mean, we're going to have to spend a little money, but it's not like you're going to have an exodus of these guys. I mean, you've got Pickens for four years at least, right, without worrying about it. Um, we've signed a couple of long-term contracts on key positions like Cam and, and TJ, but it just feels like there is a window now open. And if Kenny can prove himself like above the line serviceable, it's Super Bowl's, Super Bowl's within reach in the next three years. I totally agree, and I do think the way that the windows work is I think they're about three to four windows, three to four years, no matter who you are, unless you have a bona fide all-world put-the-team-on-his-back quarterback like Ben, Mahomes, Allen, those guys, and then after their window is closed, those type of quarterbacks will still keep you in it during the transition, where technically you're sort of rebuilding a little bit, but you're going to win 10, 11 games and make the playoffs because those guys are so good. But you're probably going to fall short, right? So I think any team has a three- to four-year win- window. I think with a few key acquisitions, the Steelers could be competing for the Super Bowl next year if they keep intact a lot of what they have, right? Because the Steelers would potentially fall into a very limited category of teams who can run the ball and stop the run and have good trench play on both sides of the ball and who also have star players on the outside, which to me is really critical. So, so for- I agree with you. It's, it's opening, but I do not think it will be open for six, seven years because talk to me about TJ Watt in three, four years when he's 31, 32. Cam will be gone. You will get guys to, to replace him, of course. I'm, I'm, we're not even giving credit to the next guys who they draft, but you right now have a chance with Cam, TJ, you know, Najee in a couple of years. He won't be the same guy, so... I'm not discouraged. I'm with you. I'm like, the future looks bright. They have guys who they can sustain for a while. But I think the Steelers' Super Bowl window, while I don't think they'll win it next year, I think they could be in it next year. And then by the following year, if everything goes according to plan, they're absolutely going to be ready. Just a couple of observations for context. The Steelers have the ninth most offensive plays in the NFL right now. Um I have to look up the rushing plays, but what makes me nervous is like we've already talked about them running the wheels off of Najee. So it's such it's great news that Jalen Warren has emerged to take a third of the carries. Huge. Yeah. Um, the other thing um, oh, shoot, that I was looking at was we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to defense and, and the fact that the, um, the Steelers were able to run as they did on. I think that Baltimore, Baltimore, Baltimore like knew the they were going to run. Oh, no, here's what I want to answer your question about touchdowns. So we have the fourth fewest number of touchdowns in the league at this point. Of course. Exactly. And so we are stretching. We have that field. We have that offense out on the field, which, you know, and for some guys, it's probably a good thing. But I mean, you're really wearing the rubber off your tires when you're out in the field constantly. And the Steelers don't have any game breakers on offense. They don't have any guys who are going to score, who are going to run for 50 yard touchdowns. So. Matt Canada is running a lot of these college plays because occasionally in college, those jet sweeps turn into 50 yard touchdowns. Cause you got a guy who can run past everybody. And well, you've oh, got Calvin him. Austin's coming out of nowhere and, and Hey, maybe he will. But once again, you can't just play the game while 
ignoring a massive. That's like if while Ben was playing, they never had the Mike Wallace, Martavis Bryant player where it's like, well, we got to throw up 80 yard touchdown once every game. Like, well, when you have to play without that, which we saw happen to them when they would play the Bengals and the Ravens who were familiar with the Steelers and they would play too high and they would keep a cap on it. Ben wouldn't have his best games because so, you had to play with one hand tied behind your back. The Steelers are playing with one hand tied behind their back right now. The offense is improving because Matt Canada isn't the world's worst play caller at this point. Like I'm saying, they're stringing thumb, some things together, but he is very bad. He's, we're being a victim of he set the lowest bar possible. What's happening is the Steelers players are playing well. The, they, the organization has helped this offensive line who has stayed very healthy, knock on wood. They're pushing people around. Najee Harris is getting hit by people and dragging them. Kenny Pickett is fading back in the pocket, and as John Ledyard aptly put, then fading into the pressure, creating the pressure himself, but then avoiding the pressure and then making an absolute dime throw. So I think it's a lot more of the players um, improving, and it just there's so much meat left on the bone with how little they do on offense. But the team camaraderie is looking great. You can't deny how big these high-profile, high-visibility wins are for a team's morale. And it's just very Steelers-like, right? There's a lot of swagger. When Kenny throws that game-winning touchdown to Najee, which is a beautiful catch, by the way, for a running back in a tight space reaching up like that, perfect throw. But nice composure. Najee dropped a pass earlier in the game that I thought he should have caught on the sideline, sort of spinning around. That's a, you know, he was drafted to be Le'Veon Bell in that, right? That's an easy catch for him. Well, he made the catch for the touchdown that immediately runs to the end zone with all the Ravens fans. George Pickens and Pat Fryermuth join them, and they start talking trash to the Ravens fans and slapping at their hands, and one Ravens fan starts waving a Ravens towel, which is basically just a, just a rag for feces, essentially. And Najee Harris snatches the flag out of his hands and spikes it. The attitude is awesome because, obviously, the Steelers' defense has an attitude, as you were pointing out, well, with Minka and, well, grumpy Minka and Cam Hayward on the sideline after Cam Hayward was framed for a personal foul penalty when he was dragged down clearly by the Ravens players on instant replay, which resulted in the Ravens' only touchdown in the game. So to wrap up what you've been talking about, it's about attitude. There is, there is a sh- noticeable shift in attitude. Everybody, all the players have been pointing to that team meeting they had, sort of the airing of the grievances after the bye week. Uh-huh. You could see... It on the, there was an article that Caboli wrote for, for The Athletic talking about how the offensive linemen were just saying, keep running over and over was sort of their theme because they were so successful, which is amazing, which goes back to my other point about the, the Ravens being the fourth best rushing defense, and we eviscerated them. They're, it's night and day. What happened? Yeah, it's night and day. The Steelers have just slowly gotten better. This isn't an aberration. They've been running on teams – for six, seven weeks now. What are the Steelers? Six and two after the bye right now? It's after ridiculous. Yeah. Six, seven, two. I mean, they're they're absolutely going streaking. Six and two, I believe. And soon to be seven and two when they take down the, the, the Browns here. What an awesome opportunity, by the way. So it gives these players, they're basically playing in playoff games right now. Because the Steelers, I know the playoff percentage machine said it was 4% last week of, of them making it. But it was basically like, okay, so the Steelers have to win out. Okay, well, who are they playing? All right, the Ravens without Lamar, and then the Browns, who, you know, Deshaun Watson's still working his way back in form. That's not unreasonable. Okay, what else has to happen? Okay, the Jets have to lose to the Seahawks. That's not unreasonable. The Dolphins without Tua, who have lost like six out of seven games, have to lose to the Patriots. 
Okay, great. And now it's another few easy. The Bills have to beat the Patriots and the Jets have to beat the Dolphins, two mediocre teams. That's not crazy for all that stuff to happen. So the Steelers are playing in playoff games, essentially. And I know it's against the bottom tier. I know if they're playing the Eagles or the Bills, it wouldn't be going this well. But that's not where they're at right now. The Steelers are winning playoff games with a young quarterback and a young core, and and you see it. And that would be my second theme is that this – Raven Steeler rivalry is contentious again, and that's a good thing. With Cam fighting with guys, with Najee taunting the crowd, with Minka yelling at uh, Cam after that penalty, even though it didn't happen, and Cam saying, I was framed! Damn it! This is good. And so uh, this, these experiences are invaluable that the Steelers get to play in these de facto playoff environments on national television and get that experience. So I guess... The one question I'll ask you is, here's the elephant in the room, is obviously everybody's excited about Kenny. There's something very likable about him. <laughs> obviously, we know why Steelers fans like him. We know why some Steelers fans, um, I think, have overcompensated because they saw, in hating him, I guess, because they see a lot of Steelers fans go crazy. Oh, Kenny Pickett, he's coming from Pitt. He's Dan Marino. And to anybody who watched him at Pitt, you know he's not Dan Marino. Come on. Let's, let's hang out here. If you, if you can't tell that, then you're not aware of what you're watching. You might have an issue seeing how fast the ball moves on and off the screen and when he drifts into pressure and things like that. You're talking about one of the best quarterbacks ever, Dan Marino. And then so they, but these Steelers fans overcompensate. Oh, since Pitt fans are overrating Kenny, I'm actually going to say that he just objectively sucks and he does nothing elite. Well, you and I know, even the national media sees it. Everyone sees it. There's something about Kenny. He's playing really well. He's extremely clutch, and he's being hampered by an offense that has been terrible for years, right? Now, on the other hand, he's clearly not Trevor Lawrence, even Justin Fields. There's a couple other young quarterbacks who we see now, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. Hey, those are all quarterbacks who came into bad situations with bad teams. So we can't say it's the equivalent of Brock Purdy, coming into the best situation ever, or even Patrick Mahomes coming into a great offensive situation in Kansas City. Those are four quarterbacks who became stars and make, made big plays and were throwing 20-plus touchdown passes on bad teams as rookies. So I think we can admit, while we're really excited about Kenny, he's clearly not a Trevor Lawrence type of player. And that's probably the last question, right, is how good can Kenny get? So... How do you feel about Kenny soberly now a day after that game? And what do you think his ceiling is? And what do you think it needs to be? I think his last drive, it would be good if he can maintain that. In fact, he only had 55% completion percentage. Those, those splash plays made it probably seem more than it was. Um, what we really need to see is a, a larger sample size of what he can do in the passing game. He didn't, you know, we had 27 attempts in that game. He wasn't unleashed until the end. So I, I don't know how to quantify, Nick. You, you're, you, know, you have a better, a clearer idea about what it needs to be. But I will say that I think Kenny doesn't need to be Patrick Mahomes if he has the right supporting cast. And right now, I see that offensive line, which was only going to get better. Hopefully, the Steelers are going to augment it through the draft. And um, you obviously have a receiving core that can support that. And now, and now you have the backfield. I mean, all the components are there yeah. for a guy who's, who's got to be better than average, but he doesn't need to be a superstar. And the thing is, you, you can quantify arm strength. I think that that's the worst misconception in, in media and fandom is like, 
that you can't quantify. Well, you just need to know what you're looking at, right? And it doesn't take a rocket scientist. You just need to compare. If somebody were to show people examples of that, more people will be able to understand it. But you definitely cannot quantify a clutch factor, but at a certain point, you know it when you see it, and his resume is speaking for himself there, and it seems very obvious that Kenny has not just a clutch factor, but just a togetherness. I mean, what does he have, like one turnover over the second half of the season? Was that interception we kind of threw right to the guy the other week? He's taking care of the ball. He's scrambling. It's very Ben-like. The ball doesn't move as fast when it comes off him, but he's scrambling left and right and can throw it while I'm on the run to the left to a guy, make a critical play, and that's what a lot of the offense is designed off of right now. So I think there's just too much evidence of things that he is doing really well right now. And then the only other questions you'd ask would be, okay, well, does he miss wide open passes? Is he sailing it over people? Is he doing kind of what Zach Wilson has had some trouble with? Is he doing what he was doing earlier in the season when he kept sailing one touchdown pass per game? It's like a wide open guy and he would throw it five feet over Moose head. No, he's not doing that. So, okay, well, there's a consistency. There's a, reliable, uh, there's a reliable fact in the throwing. So to me, he has every single thing that you want in a quarterback except for one thing, and that's big plays. And that doesn't mean 60, 70-yard plays. Yes, we want those. That means 20, 30-yard plays. That means more consistent 15, 17-yard plays. I think so much of that can be manufactured by an offense and by play action. And most of that kind of stuff comes over the middle of the field. And that's why I'm really encouraged because if you start adding, uh, you know, if he starts getting more towards 260, 300 yards a game, then to me, he's kind of firmly, hey, this is a really good quarterback. Maybe this isn't Peyton Manning. Maybe it is Tony Romo. And I would gladly take that. Maybe it is Matt Stafford. I mean, obviously more physically talented. Or... Matt Ryan, and that does seem plenty good enough when you combine it with the rest of the Steelers culture, which seems to have clearly subsisted. Like, they got new players, they got enough guys from the old regime, but it's sort of like you look up at the end of the season, Dad, and you think about, man, there's so many young guys here, and up, oh, it's just the Steelers again. They're super tough, they win clutch games, they have an attitude, they're back to being able to smash your face in, and uh, I, so I do think... I don't think you can say Kenny has arrived yet, but I think we are at the point where we just need to see one more thing, and that's the addition of just bigger plays. Some of that's the coaching staff, and maybe some of that is when you scramble, you know, let's look at 20 yards instead of five yards or whatever it is. But I think it's looking very good, and that's coming from someone in me who is not a fan of the draft pick because of the lack of overwhelming physical talent, but obviously he's like, we never talk about the glove thing anymore, right? Like clearly, okay, arm is good. Legs are good. Cool. So I I think he is on the verge of arriving. You touched on this at the beginning, but I guess our third theme does focus on the defense and the defensive stalwarts showing up at the right times during this game. Cam game winning third down run stuff, right? I mean, he had a bunch of big plays He's the emotional leader. You are starting to see some emotion on defense that you miss without Vince Williams and Bud Dupree and the rest of the boys there, Mike Hilton, these high-energy guys. Well, you got that now. And Cam, who started the season very slowly, he's back. He's back. Ever since the bye, or at least since the past four or five weeks, he is absolutely terrorizing quarterbacks. He's making stops on obvious run plays on third and threes for the game. 
incredible. Obviously, TJ has a glorious game-saving sack of his own on one of those final drives there where he dipped around the edge, and right when Huntley got to the end of his drop, he just swallowed him alive. I actually noticed he didn't go for the ball on that sack like he always does. He just wrapped him up. I know, hey, I'm about to get a 10-yard loss on a sack. They're going to be out of field goal range, or I don't remember if it held them to a field goal or whatever it was, but critical at the end of the game there. Minka, another game-winning interception. Is that the third or fourth that was on the, the to win the game? I know it's his sixth of the year. I think Troy's the only other uh, Steelers player who's gotten six interceptions in a year, and he did it twice, and this will be Minka's first time. Minka, slam dunk, all pro safety, obviously in the box, making tackles, terrified me with when I thought he broke his own arm. I thought he ripped his own arm out of his socket trying to strip Mark Andrews, and I saw it in real time. You saw aggressively he was trying to strip it. Now, he's using his left hand, which made me a little nervous. That's his offhand. You're not going to be quite as coordinated with that or as strong. And Mark Andrews is 700 feet tall. So I sort of figured this thing isn't coming out. He's giving him a couple. He's giving him a real rough go of it right here. If it doesn't come out yet, it's not going to come out. Well, he's he said, "I don't need my arm. Take my arm. Just give me the ball." And he tried to rip it out, and he almost didn't get the ball and lost his arm. But luckily, he, he stayed in there because that would have been absolutely crushing blow, even though it was the end of the season. And then Deontay got hurt right after him, and he ended up being okay. But Highsmith, another good game. Look. Steelers defense core is amazing. We have to cross our fingers with Cam. I think they have to monitor TJ and make sure we don't get a J.J. Watt situation where there's an injury every single year. I don't know how much of that you can control. Obviously, he's been healthier over the second half of the season. And then you have these role guys, like I said, Sutton and, and Edmonds. You have a really good, reliable defense. And to me, next year is just about add depth to the offensive line, keep running the ball, and add some freaking play action. And the Steelers, nobody will be able to blow this team out and it is funny looking at the end of the year. We talked about how kind of arrogant they were. Well, they're 6-2 and two with T.J. Watt. Maybe Tomlin had, was right about this defense the whole time. Like, this defense is good enough. I know they're playing Richard, you know, Richard Huntley. That was an old Steelers running back. I know they're playing Tyler Huntley, a quarterback, and it's you know not a real world beater, but it really does seem like the Steelers keep these games low scoring. I mean, you just watch the Raiders score like 30 points against the best defense in the league, the Niners. Steelers dragging people down in the swamp and make them play, uh, you know, boxing matches. If you can't win the ones that you're supposed to win, you're not going to do any better. And I want to highlight, speaking of critical role players, Bob Spokane. I know he's got a okay. He had a tremendous game. Led the, led the team in um, in tackles and uh, one tackle for a loss. So just needed to plug him. Can't be killed. You can't kill Bob Spokane. Every time you want to get him off the field, can't do it. He's the Hopefully he's the third linebacker, you know. But uh, and, and they're figuring out an upgrade for that. But I think you and I agree we'll be uh, broken records here. We just want offensive line at at and nothing else. And uh, I don't know. You know. I mean, obviously we'll be a little bit more flexible than, than that. It's hard to argue if you get a great D tackle or whatever it is. But all right, very exciting. Good shout out to Bob Spokane. Boswell misses another field goal. I think Boswell's he's very hurt. clearly he's hurt. I mean, he, since coming back from that groin injury, he's missed like four field goals. And I think he missed a few before that, and you got to wonder if he was kind of hurt the whole year. I don't feel nervous when he goes out on the field like I did that one year. That felt like a real disaster. And maybe part of that is you and I trying not to jinx it, but I really don't feel that that poorly about it. Um, hopefully he gets healthy uh, over the offseason. It's Boz. He, I don't even think he's capable of anxiety. It's just His heart rate doesn't go there. <laughs> he doesn't have an amygdala. 
I'd say maybe we should put him in at quarterback, but he had the worst play at quarterback I've ever seen in my life when he almost got decapitated by that guy last year or whatever it was. So the man can, I'd like to say the man can tackle, but he, he really can't do that. Either. He nearly that was wise. Killed. That Thank goodness he did that. You saw he just sort of threw himself. He didn't try to tackle him or put his arms out. He redirected him. Thank you. We do not need you dying. Just get in the way or give them the touchdown. You are much more important than a, a tackle there. Yeah, so it's a little maddening. We still have not next week. We uh, obviously face the, the Cleveland Browns. The game time is to be determined still on everybody's website. Um, so the Steelers, to make the playoffs, obviously need to win their contest with the Browns. The and Jets, then the Jets need to beat the Dolphins. Yeah, and Buffalo. Yep, needs Buffalo to beat New England. Needs to beat New England. Oh, possibility. And, so it's setting us up for crashing sadness. <laughs> It's still a lot to happen. I'm going to parlay no, it, no, though. I, you know, obviously I want them to win, but if they don't make the playoffs, if they just keep doing what they're doing the past few weeks, I, I feel great about this season. Yeah. Because, like we said, there there is real reason to believe for next year. So this is all house money. There's even part of you that thinks, hey, maybe let's not go to the playoffs and get boats, boat raced and have the last memory of Josh Allen throwing seven touchdowns against the Steelers or Joe Burrow with another five or six. Although, man, it will be cool to play the Bengals and knock them out of the playoffs. But I don't care. I just want to see the Steelers keep doing what they're doing. I want to see them score their one touchdown and win on the last play of the game versus the Browns. And uh, it's just a huge opportunity. No matter if they make the playoffs or not, obviously that would be so cool. I don't think that's unlikely. I think it's very legit that the Bills could beat the Patriots, the Jets could beat the Dolphins, and the Steelers could beat the Browns. I don't think that's crazy at all. Not but crazy. Just all three happening once, twice, twice in two, weeks, uh, two in weeks. That's just a long shot. Anyway, it'll be kind of Definitely. it'll be a great story to tell you. And if we get, as you say, boat raced in the playoffs. Anyway. Uh, if you have an opinion, please share it with us. Hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Shoot us an email at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until next week, go Steelers. Okay, bye-bye. Steel Town's on its last legs. City spirits almost dead. Night shift over and over again. Same old thing, it never ends But all three rivers, they run And glory days, here they come Steel town's gonna get its due And it all started the 32 32 Say thank you friend